Oh, yep, yep, we're live. Oh, wow, look at that. All right, it is December 3rd, 2015. Um, we're at 7.55 in the p.m. Uh, I am sitting out front of the public in general uh, on the corner of Northeast 9th Street and Northeast 16th Avenue, uh, Gainesville, Florida, 32609. Uh, please check it out. Uh, two good friends of mine are running the place, uh, Sean Atwater and Mr. Wilster. And um, we got some other folks that work here, John Gaunt, Daniel, a couple other dudes from the, the Round Town Cruise, um, and a bunch of other wonderful people that work in at the bar. Uh, please, if you haven't tried the place out, please come check it out and support this place. Uh, these are a bunch of great guys, and they deserve our, our support. Uh, who I have here this evening was kind of uh, one of the quickest interviews that happened for me so far. Most of the other ones have taken like months in advance to get set up. So this has actually been like very easy for me to get set up for this one. Uh, um, I saw this gentleman the very first time, I believe maybe it might have been 1994, 95-ish, I'm thinking. 94, 95-ish. And... Um, so that around that time period, uh, it was the second time I was up in Gainesville, and what uh, it was a show that I saw, and it was such the night that it kind of helped me make my decision to actually move up to Gainesville. Um, and the person I have here this evening is hi, I'm Krista Makes from the band Less Than Jake. Yes, that is Krista Makes from Less Than Jake. Uh, I've known him now, I guess, would have to probably say for a good 20 years now. At least, yeah, yeah. Because I think that Orange and Brew show you were speaking of, uh, 94, I remember we definitely played there in 94, and I, I think that was the last time we played there. I know I know we played there in 93, too, because that was when our bass player, Roger, first joined the band. So. Okay. Oh, really? And, yeah, and we played Orange and Brew twice. So, okay. Uh, if you saw us in 94 for the first time, we must have played there then, because I remember we played uh, on his birthday, Halloween in 93, because his mother was there. Yeah, it wasn't Halloween. Yeah, so, yeah, and we probably played around November time yeah. uh, in, in, in uh, 2000, or, uh, 94. <laughs> yes, I know time, right? Um, and it's funny that that show, because I actually, like, I think by the second song, I almost got, I pretty much got thrown out, because I got some dude was, some jock dude was inside, and he did something, and I, you know, <laughs> coming from Sarasota, you really didn't put up with too much shit when people bumped into you you know that's just that was the 90s sarasota thing there you, you go know? it um <clears throat> a bunch of ruffians i guess wannabe ruffians at least um so i got kicked out of the show of course and then we ended up doing something for the rest of the night and then i remember the actual the second time i met you guys was at the hardback with i think hot water music very well may have been they had that and then I remember the very first time we actually like truly hung out was the f time that uh, it was Hot Water Music and, and, and Less Than Jake and Deland when Jesse was playing in the band. Mm -hmm. And you had that show, it was like a, a weird hall. Yeah. And it was like all these super, super young Deland kids around. It was like a pretty good turnout for a show like I mean, yeah jessica it, knew a lot of people there you know she had she had grown up there yeah so they were i think they were most of her friends that yeah, came yeah, out to yeah, see yeah, the bands because yeah. you know we're gonna age ourselves here but date ourselves i should say this is pre-internet you know and we didn't really have fan bases yet so i think it was most of most of her friends were at that show that's hilarious because i mean that, that, i remember that show because it was such a i mean it was a fun night it was, yeah it was I, you know it's like it's one of the things that I kind of miss about going on tour, I guess. I mean, it's been a long time for me. Last time I was on tour was 2000 with Army of Punch. So. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been a while. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. But And I miss it. You know, like, I do I do miss the, those uh, I do miss it, the, those type of certain situations where you get into and you have those nice moments with people and, you, you know, you get to know people. And um, any hoots, how did Les and Jake get together? Well, you know, I, I uh, grew up just south of you in Port Charlotte. Okay. So right, wow. on, right on the uh, Gulf Coast of Florida, about 30 miles south of Sarasota. And our drummer Vinny and I went to high school together. And uh, 
We used to, uh, we, had a, we had a band in high school, we played, and uh, we actually used to go up and play shows in Sarasota. I don't know if you remember a band called Hard Knocks. Yes. Yeah, we used to, we know Brad, so we used yeah. to play with Brad Pomeroy. And oh, that's crazy. So, I, and I kind of, um, it was... What, um, year, what, year, what year was that? That's like... That was 90. Yeah. It was 89, 90. Do you remember the, I don't know if you ever remember the band Clegg? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, never play those guys, don't know them, but I remember the name, and then there was, there was... Uh, uh, Last to go, Max yep. from Last to go, yep, yep. and um, I believe Wallard played with Last to go. Yes, for, he did. Yeah, yep. well, I saw Last to go open for seven seconds mm-hmm. um, at Janus Landing, and this is all around that time. So That's crazy. it was around '89, um, uh, late '80s. I got yeah. I got introduced to hardcore and, and to punk rock, and that was through our drummer Vinny, and he, he was a couple years older than me. So um, I was about 15 when I. Uh, you know, he first got me into DRI and Chromags and Circle Jerks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So that was my introduction, and um, you know, we would go, we would go see. That's so south. That, you know, it's so funny. You're saying <laughs> band names that I was introduced to. It's like that whole Gulf Coast scene. But that's all we knew. We got like DRI crossover, yeah. Anthrax. You know, like yeah. all that. We got thrashcore, hardcore, and punk kind of all in one and we were all trying to figure out a name for it it was like yeah. oh, you got crossover thrash you got this you got speed metal and got skate punk skate, skate punk thrash. um you know and then we uh i saw no fraud a couple times up at the no right. fraud house yep, you know yep. dan destructo's house with the skate ramp and uh so you know i was really just like enamored by this whole you know scene and which there really wasn't much of a scene especially in port no. charlotte to to us sarasota had a scene which there wasn't there really was a scene in, in sarasota there was like 12 people in that town yeah that were, i mean there was 12 people that were super cool who kicked all the posers asses <laughs> so there's like 50 posers and 12 really cool punk kids you know you know and and um <laughs> you know I, we had to go up to uh i was one of the posers we had to go up to sarasota to uh to Daddy Cool's record store. Mm-hmm. That was the only place to. Hello, welcome to Daddy Cool. Exactly. Well, that was the only place we could buy records. There wasn't anything in Port Charlotte. And if you can't get your White Power records anywhere, I can get them for you. <laughs> I can get you a screwdriver. Yeah, whatever from, you need. I'm from England, so I'm not racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll just sell whatever. I got Desmond Decker right next to Screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was totally normal to him. <laughs> it you know? was. But um, yeah, you know, and I. I would start going up to Tampa, which was a two-hour trek from Port Charlotte to see shows, and you know this lasted a, the last two couple years of high school. And um, lo and behold, I, I by the miracle, we probably of, caught the same shit that we caught. We probably went to the same shows, probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the likelihood. The, I mean, cause, we were we were definitely in the same room at times. As I talked to Wallard about this, you know, Chris Chris Wallard, uh, like talking about shows, like you were at the Peg Boy show with Social Distortion. Yeah, you were at yeah. this show, that show, yep. and, and we go back and, and talk about. It. I used to go to the Slam Fest. Yeah, you remember those? Yep. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, but I moved to uh, University of Florida in '91. I. Uh, Got into school here, and our drummer Vinny stayed back in Port Charlotte. He was uh, in community college because remember, again, he he was older than I was. Yeah. So um, I came up here, and I was just I was floored. I mean, here I could walk out of my apartment, walk down three four blocks, and I was in a downtown area where there was record stores, there was the Hardback Cafe, yeah. there was there was punk rock bands. I mean, I I saw. All my idols before they they made it onto to MTV or, yep. or Rolling Stone. I mean, I saw Jawbox, I saw Green Day, I saw wow, Helmet. Jaw, remember that Jawbox show? Yeah, Jawbox. There was like no one there. Yeah, there was seriously like fifteen people uh, in the building. I saw Sam I Am. I saw a lot of great bands yep. that that that, that yeah, I thought would have been huge. Uh, Sam I Am, you know, to me they were huge because I was you know in college. But you know, bands that, uh, they, that were I they were us. huge. They were huge to us. I mean, they Sam, were huge to us. I mean, when I, I knew I every one of their lyrics. Like know? every yeah, when I remember when they played with Hot Water the first time. At the covered dish, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was just like, "Holy shit, guys! You guys are fucking!" I mean, they were all like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. You know, like it was like same thing with Peg Boy, right? And like, like it, it's like well, every lustful, you know, music feeling that you had for these bands, you got to live yeah. here in Gainesville. Absolutely, you know. And a, a little aside to that, um, fast forward many years, it was probably. Four years ago or so, um, we had Sam I Am do some Northeast dates with us. We had asked them. Oh, wow. So we did like four or five shows. And, you know, I remember those guys just being like, you know, why'd you want to bring us out on this? And you're watching us from the side stage every night. And we're like, dude, you don't understand. Like, you guys were the band. Yeah, <laughs> like, you were the main reasons yeah, why. We, yeah, like, 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 you know, and they were they were very, uh, I don't know what the word is, humbled by it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know, they, totally. they were very appreciative. So, um, but I came up here and, 
you know, I got to see bands for five bucks, uh, the, the best bands in the world, and, um, uh, you know, and there was also alcohol, and there was girls, and there was, yeah, it was everything, this, everything, everything that, that an 18-year-old red-blooded, you know, male would love. That was much easier to come across than in Sarasota and Port Charlotte. Charlotte. They, we, I, <laughs> none of that, you know, and um, so, you know, I, I came up here, and, and uh, Vinny and I were writing music, and uh, he... His mom and dad had an 80 pound English bulldog named Jake. And we used to practice in uh, their spare bedroom at the house. And after about a half hour, his mom would inevitably, you know, knock yeah. on the uh, door. Hey guys, <laughs> hope that knock came through. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> hey, you guys got to stop playing. We're like, why? He's like, well, Jake's howling. He didn't like the bass and the noise of the drums. Yeah, yeah. So we had to put our drumsticks up, put our guitars away, and we had to stop. So. I get to Gainesville and we had continued, I continued driving home and rehearsing with Vinny and, and um, we made a four track demo tape. Yeah. And uh, okay, here's one for you. Remember Slap Reality? Yeah. Okay. Slap Reality was playing at the hardback and it was like a Friday and I had told Vinny, hey, Slap Reality's coming. I want to go hand out our demo tape, you know, mix it up, mix it out and send it off to me. He goes, all right. So this was early 92, maybe January, February 92. And uh, Vinny mixed this four track tape with just him and I, I played the bass on it horribly. And um, <laughs> he said, yeah, I sent it out. You should get the package a couple of days. I kept checking the mailbox. Finally, I go to the mailbox in my apartment, and there's this box. And I open it up, and it said, on the, it was like 20 cassettes in there that he had dubbed off. And they had, you know, tape covers on them, cassette covers. And it said, less than Jake demo. And I was just puzzled. And I, I go in back in the house. I call him up on the old landline. Yeah. Uh, Hello? Hey, Vinny. Yeah. Uh, I got the tapes. Yeah, man. Uh, what does less than Jake mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? He's like, well, we need a name for the band, and, and you know how the dog always you know howls when we when you know when we're yeah. practicing. Yeah. Well, we're less than Jake. So uh, and I'm like, okay. So I remember hanging up the phone. And I think like this is the dumbest name in the world. <laughs> and you know, 23 years later, it stuck. So it stuck. Yeah, that was. And it, and it seemed to have stuck pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, um, I mean. I, I can say, as someone who, who especially like worked at a lot of the clubs over the years, I mean, you guys, I can say, were on the road quite a bit over the past twenty years. You guys, yeah. have, I, what were you guys averaging show-wise years? God, I, you know, I'd probably think about two hundred shows a year um, on on average. If you averaged all the, you know, maybe some years were one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty, and other years were two hundred and sixty. You know, if you averaged them up, maybe two hundred a year. Um, but you know, we. That's where we built our career, you know. We never uh, uh, got on the radio or when there was MTV, and right. uh, you know, we never hit the the superstar status. But we were a we were a damn big cult band, if that's that's the word you want to call it, you know. Because I've watched some of the YouTube videos. I mean, like, I mean, I I watch everybody's like sure. I'll, like I'll go on there and I'll find your guys' stuff, hot water, like especially if you guys are over in Europe. Or yeah, something. watching at the festival, like, oh my god, they're playing to twenty thousand people, dude. When I see those shows, I'm blown away for you. Mm -hmm. I could only imagine what it could be for someone who's from Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte, yeah. And to have been like, man, just to play in a in a in a in a small bar would be fucking awesome. Yeah. And then now you doing that. That must have been a. a well, you know, I think too. You know, I, I I hit the lottery in the sense that. I met guys that were very driven. Um, the guys in my band are smart dudes. The guys in Hot Water are smart. In fact, most guys in bands, most people, you know, and women, but most yeah. people, humans in bands, they're not stupid people. Yeah. You know, especially the ones that can keep them together. It's tough. It's a, it's like a marriage out there on the road. It's really hard. It's hard. You've been out there. You're, you're lonely. You're missing your family. But it's what you signed up for. So yeah. leave your complaints at the door, and we always have, you know. And uh, we go out and we we work extremely hard. Um, but. Uh, you know, that's the, the one thing over the years is that we, you know, we made our livelihood on the road and we, we always worked incredi incredibly hard out there. And, um, you know, that we, there wasn't any room for, we always kept each other in check. There was no room for ego. Yeah. You know, you, there was no one better than the next guy. It was always, right. always uh, split evenly everything. And that's, you know, another reason I think we're still still together. I think that's, that's kind of a, a good point to make and for people to, if you are thinking about coming to Gainesville to start a band, that's one thing to think about is if you're really interested uh, and you're a driven person, be patient and wait for the people that are driven as well. Because mm -hmm. if you, you know, like you can find those people, you just don't jump into it the first band and be like, oh, this is it. This is all I'm going to do. 
play as much as you possibly sure. can. Play, play, and play until you find the right people. Because it doesn't always happen right away for the first, you know, like the first people you join with could work for four or five years mm-hmm. and then everybody, whoop, you know. Yeah, you know, and, and it, especially early on, it was, it was kind of difficult. You know, I had, I had quit college my third year for this band. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I... What were you on track? What were you on track? Um, I don't really know. I, I, I honestly thought I was going to go into radio. I, I was a telecommunications major. Oh, okay. You know, and I was working for 89.9, the, the classical and jazz station at UF. And okay, I was setting I up setting up microphones for their orchestras and stuff. And I had read for an on-air spot, but I didn't get it. And I was really discouraged and kind of kind of pissed off about it and, right. at the time. But I was young. I was like 19 when, yeah, I, yeah. when I did that, you know. And I... Uh, uh, but I kind of thought that that was my my lot in life. I was gonna maybe go into radio. So um, so technically you did. Technically I did in a lot of ways. <laughs> you did. In you did in of... more ways than you thought. Yeah. I think. Um, so, <laughs> but I also was telecommunications and journalism major because you only had to take like two math courses in four years. I was terrible in math, <laughs> yeah. but I was great in English. <laughs> so that well, you know, was the keeper, right? that was that was that was the keeper there. But um, you know, it was difficult to explain to my folks because by this time, you know, by by '94 when I left. You know, we were starting to get gigs where I was starting to feel something happen. You know, we had opened for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones um, at Janus Landing, and that was in August of 94, and we were the opening act out of three that night. And um, we went on to probably seven or 800 people. Well, actually, when we first went on, there's probably 300. But Where'd you guys play at? At Janus Landing. At Janus Landing. At Janus, yeah. Damn. It was August of 94, and, you know, I remember I had, I had quit school that fall, that October, and... Um, I remember looking out at the crowd, and then afterwards, we sold out of every shirt that we had, and I remember people wanted to take pictures with us, and it was just, I was just like, there's something happening here. Yeah. There's something, I, why can't we bring this to every town that we go to? Right. You know, it's not, a, this can't just be happening in, in, in Tampa, and we were seeing it happen in Daytona, and Orlando, and of course, Gainesville, so, but by that time, you know, we weren't making money, we were barely paying our rent, right. but I had already, quote unquote, made it. In my mind, if that right. was as big as it got, that now granted, it. if I if I woke up and I was 28, 29 years old and that was as big as it got, I probably would have stopped at some point. Right. But for that moment, when I was 20 years old, yeah. 21 years old, if that was as big as it got, that was you were happy. I was happy. And it was hard trying to tell your folks that when you know a, col- a college a degree is paramount and you don't get a degree, you know, and that was the thinking back then. And yeah, that, you're right. A lot of folks still think that. And um, but. We made it. We yeah. we got out and and we God we were playing with our friends. That was the coolest thing. We got that's the... that's what I always that's the thing that like I like all those early days is like going to play shows. It'd be like you guys tired from now on. Hot water music, like all those yeah, you know you, like the utility house. Yeah, all those shows. All those crazy should just like just shows that just happen. That that's a that's another thing. What um that's a question. That's, that's a question because I did a utility house show, uh, like a podcast two uh-huh. weeks ago. And I, it's, I talked about the night that I went and saw Shift. Okay, yeah. There, and I actually played three of the songs, and I kind of talked in between, and just kind of talked about the utility house. I, you know, because no, it's gone now, and I pretty much explained what's there now. That crazy, big glass building that's like this technical building. Yeah. And I explained what it, it was like an old craftsman, huge craftsman style house. Uh huh. Killer huge wooden floor, living room, which yeah. was perfect for shows. You know, and it was like. And just and what was your maybe one of your top shows that one of your like what what was one of your favorite bands that you saw at the Utility House? What's the show that you I saw that say you were I like, holy shit! I can't believe I got to see them. Here. I want to say I saw Floor there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, and I just remember you couldn't fit another person in the in the. I think it was Floor. Dude, that was the night that there was yeah, you like couldn't, the you, kitchen was packed you with couldn't, people. There you, were people packed in yeah, out through the back yeah. and the front. I you couldn't that you night. couldn't fit another person there. And I was thinking to they myself, had the windows open, there were people on the porch. And I was and like, I'm like, yeah. this is a nightclub, a bar with without a, a fucking license. You know, like this is like, you know, like here we are, and like, I mean, nothing but courts. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. And I mean, back then everybody drank quarts. Quarts and a haze of, of weed smoke and cigarette <laughs> smoke and God knows what else. But you know, it was um, it was crazy because you know there were nights when the cops would come there, but few, it was few and far between. Many shows, right? many shows went on. It it was a different time, man. We lived in a different time. I mean, yeah. everything is so uh, you know. You got the, the the police scanners and you got the uh, Mr. Smart no lights. 
Oh, geez. <laughs> Ticket. <laughs> you got, you know, the computers and the police cars and, and you know, yep. the earpieces and everything is just so much quicker now. You know, 20 years ago, it was, it was a little different. And I'm, I'm glad that we, we lived that those times. It was just, and again, you never saw anything like that in Port Charlotte. You, you never could. No, you, you know, couldn't. They, you, because the cops would have shut it down way early. Absolutely. Like, okay, this is, that's talk about shutting stuff down. Like the last night of the hardback. Oh God! <laughs> like when Dan, are, whenever all the windows are getting kicked yeah. out, cops in riot gear. Those cops still didn't do anything, and Dan Arkey was shooting flames out of his mouth on top of the. You know, it was like yeah, where people were carrying out. Like I remember, like Matt and them were like pushing out the the beer cooler and the and the jukebox at the same time. And I hate to say to... it, and I, I don't I don't say this to be political, and I'm, and you know I'm not yeah, going yeah. to go on about it. But I mean that was 1999 when that happened with the hardback. I mean to, you know the 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 911 changed everything. I mean that really yeah with, with there's no more getting getting away with anything that kind of that kind of anarchy that kind of debauchery. It's just it's, yeah. There's you couldn't do, have fireworks like we did out in front absolutely. of out in front of the hardback like we did on the Fourth of Absolute, July shooting bottle rockets absolutely from the not. hippodrome and doing all that stuff wouldn't happen. It's just, <laughs> they would shoot us. They, they would totally, they would shoot. They tear gas you. They tase you. I mean, there's a whole whole a laundry list of a, shit. A they, litany yeah, of things they could club do. Club your kneecaps out with their billy club. I mean, you know, release the dogs. But it was a different time, and um, you know, I was talking to. I actually went in, to the hardback today. I went and saw Alan Bush. Oh yeah, well, actually, I'm going to interview him. Oh great, Hopefully great! This I, I uh, had had seen online where we're we're, uh, we're Facebook buddies, and yeah. uh, I saw he was having someone from the uh, uh, city ordinance uh, commission or something come down to, to inspect. So he's you know, so I knew he was down there. So I, I popped in and oh, what's up, Chris? We started BSing, and and I thanked him. I never thanked Alan all these years. I haven't right. I haven't seen Alan in a long time, and I said, hey, I want you to know that. Your club was a huge part of my growing up, and yeah. it made me. And I, you know, and I, and and I shook his hand, and he he gave me a heartfelt thank you. You know, yeah. and, and um, I don't think I don't think he does realize the the effect that he had on the a impact. lot of people. Uh-uh. You know what? And it's funny, and I think, uh, and this is just uh, an assumption, just an opinion. I don't think it's because he wasn't really. I, from what I understand, he wasn't out to start that. It was just a chill, supposed to be a chill place to hang out. That's why. He had no agenda. Yeah, he had no agenda. And I think that's what makes it so, that's what makes, the, I think, the meaning behind the place so much deeper. And the fact that he is still like that about uh-huh. it. You know, like, he's, he's reopening the hardback. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's not doing it for nostalgia no, reasons. He, no. That was his baby. That was he his, loved it. He and loved he, the shit yeah, out of it. And he, I'm gonna tell you something. I the man lived behind the hard. Yeah, he lived in he, that. Sucker. He wasn't driving a in brand a little yeah. in a little like he wasn't driving room. a brand new car, flashy clothes. Mm-hmm. Alan was getting by, rent to rent, paycheck to paycheck, for the love of what he did. Yep. Bottom line. Yeah. You know, and you just don't you don't find that a lot. And I know I know that the bands just got lucky enough to that Alan was as open minded yeah. about. Uh, letting kids come in and do that stuff. And some and, of the most fun times I had there, they they weren't the 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 Sam I Am show packed to 200 people inside like sardines. Some of it was like some band from Milwaukee on a random Monday night with four people in yeah. there, and I was one of them. Yeah. And the band blew me away. And yeah. I'm like, how are these guys playing to four people? You know, yeah. I'd, I'd buy their T-shirt and you know never to be heard from again or whatever. Was that just was some, that some, was like one. Of he my... would book anybody. Yeah. You didn't have to have any certain type of criteria or any any you know you you could be you could be anybody and uh, poets musicians artists he had Did in there whatever you could do and he'd let you do it and, yeah and again I, I i keep mentioning where i grew up but i never saw anything like that i it opened up my eyes i mean i grew up in a very closed uh, uh bigotry filled town racist town um and to come to gainesville i mean gainesville's a melting pot you have students represented from every country in the world yep. um i was meeting uh, uh all kinds of different people from you know different you know backgrounds and 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 uh, so it was a real eye opener for me from where I came from yeah. because I I had closed minded views. I, I, I totally. I'm not going to lie and say I did. I mean, I I grew up for 18 years completely sheltered. Yeah. Um. You know, we would take vacations once every couple of years to Michigan to see our autos, but <laughs> right. but I never went to Tampa and drove around. I never went to Orlando. Was Disney World to me? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I had never you been. Never to, went to Orlando. I had never been to Gainesville. I mean, Gainesville. <laughs> you want to talk about a liberal town? 23 years ago. It was a, uh, it was a, a very 
you know, very liberal, just so different than most of Florida, you know, yeah. and um, refreshing and yeah. uh, and cool, you know. And yeah. I met I met so many so many great people here along the way, and and it was a great place to launch a band. It was a great place. I can't imagine. Uh, the five guys in our personalities in my band uh, yeah. starting this thing in California or New York City or, or Chicago it just where it had to happen in Gainesville what what made you what what led the style of music that you guys ended up playing you know we were a three-piece punk band uh, you know just uh, bass drums and guitars when we started out and uh, you know our influences just straight pop straight pop, straight pop, pop punk you yeah. know I mean our influences ranged from everything from uh, you know, bad religion. Um, okay, yeah. Okay. You know, uh, uh, we we liked uh, uh, snuff, Descendants. You know, and and then we the started. Good stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> we we started hearing some bands with with horns, and you know, the horns to us were always kind of like extra singers. They were extra melody. Yep. You know, and um, I agree. 100%. Our our horn parts, we always tried to make them melody instead of just I don't know some. Some bands use horns in different ways, and we always kind of wanted them to be other voices. And, I felt uh, you guys used it very tastefully. Thanks. Yeah, I, 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 I think we very did. I think so. we did too. And, and for someone who played who played horns in school and coming <laughs> up, like I played trumpet, French horn, uh, trombone, and tuba, uh-huh. like for about four or five years. wasn't like front seat, but mm-hmm. I was. I wasn't at the end. You yeah, know, I could read decent, but wasn't good enough to be up front. But I, I was I had a good ear for it, and I always enjoyed. The horns. The, the you say horns when you think of that. One of the first bands after hearing you guys with horns, the next band that I heard that hit me with just as much power because of the horns being used in such a strong way were Rocket from the Crypt. Absolutely, like hey, Rocket the, was, just, but they and they were a whole other animal. I and that I've, was like and that was like people screaming with horns. It's like ah! I've never you know, heard horns like, as powerful as those guys. Their right? horn section just was, was. Did you ever play with those guys? Uh, yeah, we did. We did back in the day. Um, before they broke up, we did a uh, played with them in San Diego uh, years ago. Uh, it must have been a shitty show. And we also played yeah, <laughs> their hometown. We also played with them in Australia. <laughs> oh wow! Back in '99, before they broke up. Holy cow! Yeah, we did a a, a tour there. Uh, Maybe it was Warp Tour Australia they hmm. were on. That might have been what it was. We took Warp that Tour must have been a wild time. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, from what I remember. Down on down. <laughs> but um, you know, we you know, Fishbone, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. There's you know, there was all these bands with horns, and and we liked it, and we Fishbone. we we kind of felt at the time that it would set us apart a little bit because you know it did. there was a lot of punk rock bands in Florida, but the ska punk thing. I mean, we're talking ninety two, ninety three. Wasn't, wasn't nothing like you that. You look back, and and we were at least for Florida, we were one of the you know I hate to use this word, but one of the pioneers of it. There wasn't many I, money you, bands doing it. You, you would, know? Ha- I, I think you would probably have to. You would get in a lot of you would get in a lot of agreements on that. I think you guys definitely had the you were the, in the forefront of that because I didn't. Yeah, you, and, and, out, and, out and we, the, were, we were we were. I went to a lot of shows in St. Pete. Tampa uh-huh. from like 86 to yeah. 90 and there was no nothing like that ever gobstopper yes <laughs> I actually saw social I, names keep popping up man. So, I actually saw uh, social D prison bound at Janice Landings. oh awesome and there was a big uh, the Nazis didn't get along with Mike Ness too well oh god the skinheads were Mike, insane Mike, Mike they, they started uh, Sig Heiling and Mike Ness stopped and he's like he's like you guys are a bunch of pussies He's like, you've never been to jail. He's like, you'd all be bitches or something like that. And of course, they all like were at, you know, like start doing it more and tried to that wolf pack thing, you know, where they're all walking to the stage and all of a sudden like these four or five like the hugest bouncy dudes yeah. you've ever like a wall of four men just covered <laughs> yeah. the stage and then all the skinheads were like, no, that's cool. Yeah. You know, like you we'll know, these guys had here. guns on stage. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, come on up, guys. You know. And that night they actually all the skinheads. As they were leaving, all of them dumped all their social distortion tapes on the ground, and all of them drove over the tapes as they left, like <laughs> hundreds of dollars of social distortions tapes, because he called them pussies. Yeah, you know, for which they up. were. Yeah, which and that's that's another thing that uh, I had actually interviewed Pat Hughes here, and we were talking about boneheads back in the day in Florida, and that the a lot of kids nowadays don't know how kind of tough it was for a lot of punk kids back in the day. Oh God! When it, it was... came to those skinhead dudes, because they were vicious mm-hmm. they you was you you had no choice i mean if you were if you were close to any size of any punk or like skinhead dude and you were wearing something he liked mm-hmm. we, <laughs> you were most likely gonna he was gonna end up leaving with it so 
that's that's so just be glad Gainesville's a kind of a town you never probably have to worry about that. So yeah, that was, <laughs> that was that was a nice thing of Gainesville. It really wasn't. It wasn't super it was, mellow here, yeah. man. That's why it was such a hard transition for me growing up in Sarasota because there was a lot of fighting all the time down there. Uh-huh. You know, and then coming here and being like that's why I got kicked out of that show. You know, right. like I well, especially I was, down Sarasota, you know, oh. Sarasota, St. Pete, Tampa. A lot of the surfers. They were really just jocks with surfboards, mm-hmm. but they were going to punk shows. Yeah, and those guys would get drunk, and what would they do? They'd want to fight. Fight, you know. Yep. So that's I what, remember the you new fraud shows at the warehouses. Sure, out like off of Jacaranda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where I'm talking Absolutely. about. Like out in the middle of nowhere. Those Played there. Yep. Played there. Yep. Played there. That place no was, I saw my friend. My friend Noodle got his. That was the first punk show we went to, and he got his nose broke. And he was stoked. That was like the best thing that ever happened to him. It's like, dude, I got my fucking nose broken. Yeah, bragging no rights. Yeah, he's like, check it out, dude. It's all bent all sideways. Glasses all tore up. We dude. played a show at down there with No Fraud, probably 94, 95. And right when we were getting, I think No, I want to say No Fraud played before us. That can't be right. But we didn't get to play that night. We got, we got, yeah, yeah, the cops came. Shut it down before we got to play. So crazy. we were bummed. And they're they're even doing stuff nowadays. That's yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, which I, is still, awesome. I, I still talk to Walt. Walter, he's a good friend. This guy's. A, did you ever get? Did you ever check out Belching Penguins back in the day? I, you know what? Eric Blackman and all I, those I, I know a BP. I had their tape, but uh, they, I never got to see them play. I no, Vinny, was a, Vinny, in a Vinny, band Vinny. with Eric Blackman. Okay, I was in. He was in Clegg. Okay. That's why I asked you about Clegg because I was I in that the band name. for a short time. That's awesome. We had two singers, and we were both named Jason, which was weird. Uh, but he was a little bit more of a alpha male than I was, yeah, I guess. Vinny, 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 saw, kind of Vinny saw Belching Penguins. He would always talk about them. I love in, that band. In fact, Dan Destructo from No Fraud, I was trying to set up a show with No Fraud. This would have been around 93. So I was trying to get him to come to Gainesville, and I called the number on the No Fraud cassette tape. Woman answers, Hello. Hi, is, is Dan home? Um, no, can I take a message? Uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to set up a show with his band, and, and I'm like, um, who am I speaking with? He's like, this is his mom. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, she's like, I take a message. I said, yeah, my name is Chris. I play in a band called Less Than Jake. And Dan Destructo's mom goes, Less Than Jake? She goes, that's almost as good as Belching Penguins. <laughs> I was like, all right. I got endorsed by Dan Destructo's mother. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thanks, mom. Yeah. Appreciate it. No, that's awesome. But um, okay then. Okay, so how these? Uh, you said you're you. We were saying something earlier. You're doing some recordings right now. Uh, yeah, I'm uh doing a solo project uh, right now. I uh, first solo project ever done? Or? No, I've done other stuff, but this is um, it's just one song. I'm doing a, a charity. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a, cha- a charity for the hospice uh, association. Okay. And hospice are uh, they're an organization that comes in at the. Uh, end of people's lives and yeah. uh, make sure that they're they're comfortable in their in their final days so yeah yeah that's how yeah 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 so i'm doing a that's uh how my grandfather went okay yeah they're a great they're a great organization so i'm going to do a uh, song for them and all the proceeds and donations are going to go because they're they're a completely donated uh, organ uh, 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 money funded organization so everything's done through donations not to sound dark but man i can tell you watching someone die with alzheimer's on morphine seems to be the most comfortable way to go i could imagine i could imagine <laughs> yep yep the most non-painful keep granddad comfortable oh, shoot, shoot him again yeah yep. seriously right. like that's how he went he went he went hey you know. his last his actually his last few words to me his last few words to me were uh his actually last words i think he had that were coherent were with me and he for a second stopped and he said and he looked at me and he grabbed my arm He's like, this morphine stuff's really good. He's like, I wish I would have had this stuff when I was working my ass off all the time. And then that was then. Like, and then he faded back, and that was the last time I like he was there. But he like his last coherent thing yeah. was, I wish I was a morphine drug addict my yeah. whole life. You know, like, <laughs> wow, grandpa. That's what they kept my my yeah. That's how they kept my grandmother comfortable near the end. You yeah. know, she was uh, in tremendous pain. So, uh, honey, great. honey, if you're listening, morphine me. <laughs> morphine. Morphine me. <laughs> but uh, um, anything else besides? Um, what you're doing right now you got any uh, is lesson jake doing anything right now you guys we are we're, uh, we're we're working on new music we uh got a, a big big year plan next year um we uh i well, i won't say we i 
can't speak for the rest of the guys, but I, I pinch myself daily. Uh, we just celebrated our 23rd year as a band. Are you shitting me? 23 yeah, years. 23 no. years. And, and I, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. And this is always, this is, uh, you get, you, you, you get, you get, you get, you get a piece of the pie from the Pez company, right? No. They don't give you any. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> I they, think you helped out the Pez company. Well, do you know what's bit, funny about you? you know what's funny about Pez and I'll I'll make this quick. Pez, <laughs> they don't do any advertising, you know? You don't see billboards. No, you don't. You don't see That's commercials. The no. Thing. You just they, see them where you see it. They they advertise by having their little Pez uh, dispensers in the stores. Yeah. Um we've been to and all the Pez guys know us. We've been to the uh, Pez factory in Orange, Connecticut. We, we, and, you, and what's the story behind the Pez thing, real quick? Uh, the, the album Pezcore that we did, or yeah, or, and then and then so Pezcore, and that's pretty much what started everybody just bringing the Pez. Well, stuff. Vinny and Roger were huge Pez collectors, and we were kind of trying to come up with a name for our first record, which that first record was just basically a compilation of all our seven inches that we had done, yeah, and yeah, recorded, yeah. and we put them put them together, and um, you know. Harking back to what you were saying, like, was it thrash core? Was it hardcore? Was it this core? Was it that core? And we were like, well, what the hell are we? People were calling us ska. They're calling us punk. Like, that's oh, Pez core. So we came up with this silly, silly just name. Just to do yep. it. And for uh, copyright laws or, or whatever, um, we made it one word. And we didn't say Pez core because right. we didn't want Pez to, to sue us. And the picture that we used on the record was actually um, public domain because it was it, the ad was the Pez ad from like the 30s or 40s. Oh. It was so old that we used it. You Pez. Use it. So we ended up going to a Pez conven convention in San Jose, California years ago. And we went in with our CDs. And one of the guys there loved it. He's like, do you have it for sale? We're like, yeah, he bought like 10 of us, you know, 10 CDs of us just to have for, for sale. He was going to resell them to people at his booth. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Um, over the years, people to this day still throw Pez on stage at us. So yeah. I'll, I'll always have my stage manager, you know, grab them at the end. And at the end of the tour, I'll go through and be like, okay, I already have Batman. I already have this one. I already have that one, you know, and I'll grab the ones I don't have. I have a Pez collection of probably 300 Pez dispensers that oh. are all different. Yeah. I've never paid for one of them. All di and you could imagine how many Batmans and Superman yeah, and Spider-Mans get got, thrown up. Yeah, yeah. So all different ones. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. That's <laughs> so, insane. That's yeah, but uh, they, they never have tried to sue us. If anything, they... Uh, they've always, uh, you know, championed for us. And the only other person, and we broke down with this guy, super cool guy, is Robbie, the bass player from Goo Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls. Mm -hmm. Robbie's a huge Pez freak. And him, right. him and Roger one night, they couldn't stop talking. We're like, okay, what are you guys gonna, you guys gonna kiss? What's going on here? So Rob, but Robbie's the Pez is out making. Yeah, out. yeah. Rob, Rob's, Robbie's the only other person. <laughs> Robbie's the only other person in music that, that I ever knew that that uh, that loved it as much as, as our band. Yeah. So that was pretty that's, cool. That's kind of a funny thing because I always notice that like people always that always. I was like, man, you guys must have helped those sales just a little no, bit. No, you know, and, and never, never, never saw a dime from it, nor, nor, uh, <laughs> nor need to, I guess. No, really, it wasn't. Right? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It was. It, it was, was a beautiful marriage without there really having to be any corporate thing involved. Well, right? that that and the fact that if we would have seen money from it, you could bet your ass it would have been some kind of hang up or some yeah, bullshit. Totally. So there, there wasn't. We're on. We're yeah. on good terms. We good love you. Term. We love you, Pez's company. Yeah, okay. good job, sugar tablets. <laughs> it's kid's but, first drug. So, okay, 23 years. Um, you said you guys got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm guessing a lot of tours, and you said maybe a new album. Yeah, we're working on new songs. We're going to put something out. Our, our last one came out uh, two years ago uh, this time. And... Uh, you know, we're, it's a weird time for music. You know, uh, people are, 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 are streaming their music. Uh, it's, it's largely how they listen to it through uh, uh, Facebook, Pandora, Spotify, SoundCloud. You know, they're, they're, yep. they're streaming their music. So um, we don't really make music uh, per se to, to make money. We make music for ourselves. We love creating as, right. a, creating as a band still. And, uh, and still yeah. putting yeah, and everything you put out is on LP. Oh, you yeah. Out, everything you put out is on vinyl. Yeah, we, we, we do vinyl. Um, you know, we'll, st we'll still make CDs. Of course, you can get it, get it digitally. And, um, and yeah. what label are you guys on now? Um, we're in between labels right now. Are you So you guys going to do this on your own? We don't know. You know, we put a couple records on our own. Our last record we did with Fat Records. We, we, we still could put it on Fat. We don't, we don't know. We're, we're talking right now. We're, okay. You know, it, again, it's one of those weird things. You're not, uh, there's no money. Labels aren't giving you money, the money to do records. Right. So um, we record right here in Gainesville at Rogers Studio. We make our make our own records uh, on the cheap, and, and they sound just as good as if we went with a Hollywood producer. We know how we to make. Overcharge. Yeah, we know how to record ourselves and, yeah. and do our thing. So um, we're in a good spot. You know, we, uh, uh, it, it's a lot easier for to be in Less Than Jake in 2004 almost 16 than, than it's ever been because uh, a lot of the a lot of the stuff and you know this just the, the things you worried about in your 20s you don't worry about anymore right. the things you worried about hell in our 30s I don't even worry about anymore we're right. getting older and I'm able to enjoy 
just enjoy things a little bit more. You know, I, I look out in a crowd now and you could be in El Paso, Texas and go, I can't believe there's 400 people here wanting to, wanting to watch my band. Right. I'm in El Paso right now. Yeah. This is, you know, pinch me. Yeah. So I, I, and I don't say that like being facetious at all. I, I'm very, you know, humbled and I love, I, you know, I'm honored to be able to still do this, you know. Well, uh, top favorite, uh, one of your top five, just one of your top five favorite Gainesville bands. Oh, jeez. And why? Um, well, I'm going to go way back uh, and, and say Spoke. Ha! <laughs> you know, I use them on, on one of my things, on Pat Hughes' interview, because I said nothing says Gainesville to me more than antihistamine. Like, for some reason, that song, that yeah. it's something that it kind of makes me feel like Gainesville. June 26th, June 26th, my parents' anniversary, 1991, was my first day at college. That was a Thursday. I was starting school the next uh, Monday for summer B yeah. classes. And I went to a, uh, it was called Club Demo on 13th Street up here. It was a Sharky's Fish House for a long time. Remember okay. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Past, if you're going, if you're going on uh, 13th Street North, on your left side, there's Krispy Kreme. It's yeah. like it's like past that. There's a car wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right about. in front of that car wash. It was a, it was a punk rock yeah, club, yeah. rock club. No shit. Called, it was called Club Demolition, Club Demo for short. And I saw Spoke there to three people. It was me and a friend from high school. She told me, hey, "There's a club. You want to go see this band play?" And I sat there, and that was the first show I ever saw in Gainesville. They were the first band, and they started playing, and I was jaw on the floor going right this is the greatest band i've i've ever heard i've never heard in my life yeah and, <laughs> and i, I made, never got the sign i'm so pissed because i like and if anybody's listening out there if anybody has any old video of spoke playing at the hardback uh anywhere in gainesville uh please let let me know uh, any any other information or history that anybody out there has about gainesville you can send to me at my email at jkogar at gmail.com you can email me questions everything else there please i'd like as much history as possible i was at their last show and uh i believe it was august of 93 i was at their wow. last show at the hardback which is now the the pool room is that the Pal yeah. palomino the palomino yeah that, that used to be an annex of the that, hardback they yeah, could do shows I there because they stopped doing that like right when yeah. i moved here yeah is right when they stopped they just moved it all to the front yeah i saw spokes last show there and they God were i had been trying i i, I Chuck Horn and, and Scott and John, I'm, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with all of them. Chuck and Scott, I, I bully them at least once or twice a year. And if you're listening, you jerks. I mean, actually, you know, they're not the jerks. Resh is the holdout. <laughs> Resh. But, 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 yeah, seriously. But, but Chuck and Scott, like, we do it. It's just John. And you know what? Shouldn't they play a fest? They should. Shouldn't the, they play the 15th year he, fest? He, here's, hey, Tony. Here's, the, here's the issue. Tony. Here's, here's the issue. And, and John... Is and I maybe it's I don't know what the right, we're not right asking word. them to sign a record label. Yeah, maybe it's the maybe it's the wrong word. He's too punk rock for his own good. But there, John has a, a certain pride a, a, of a moment in time, and you can't recreate, recreate. that. And I, I I respect that. Yeah. At the same time, damn it, I want to see your band. Seriously, because yeah. like it, like I can li I listen to. That I'd be first. Album. I'd be first in the front row. I'd be screaming like a little girl. You got the whole album on YouTube. I listen to it every week. Yep. I listen to the whole album. That Once band. A week. That band. Meant, Which I need to get on that LP, band meant actually. so much to me. They they meant they they changed my life. And I know those guys. I and I when I I saw Scott not too long ago. Yeah, uh, and he came out to see us in San Francisco. And I'm trying to tell him this after the show. You know, trying to have a moment with him. And he's like slugging me in the arm. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Get, you know, let it let it be. Let it go. I'm like, no, dude. I'm trying to have a heart to heart. You dickhead. Yeah, you get like, it. Yeah, you know, like this. You guys, <laughs> you guys meant a lot to me. You know. Yeah. And, and and I mean that with all my heart, you know. That they they really uh, they I'm so, changed my life. I'm sad I missed them. Like yeah. I, I'm really sad I, I didn't get a chance to. I mean, I'm lucky. They were better than they thought. They they didn't. They think, were way better. They didn't think they were. They they you know they they just thought they were another rough around the edges band. But they had melody. They had songs. Okay. They had. They were great. This is okay. This is the first time I heard antihistamine. I swear to you, the and I wasn't drunk. I we had just gotten to the bar. All right, this will even tell you. It wasn't. Liar. No, I know. I swear Liar. to Buddha. I swear to Buddha. Was not drunk yet. Hair on the back of my neck. Hair on the back of my neck stood up right as the beginning of antihistamine started. Yeah. As soon as it started, it just electrified. I felt some. I felt what they were doing. You could feel it in the music. You could every time I listen to that song, I get the same 
this this visceral feeling. Do you know where the? It's like, uh, you know that bank on on University. Uh, it's kind of across from Leonardo's. Yeah. It's by the smoke shop there. That bank across the street from there was Y&T Records. Okay. And Y&T was a, a shop out of Miami that moved. By that, where Caribbean Spice was. Yes. Okay. Right there. Okay. I saw spoke. I saw them debut Antihistamine there. Dude, I, I don't forget that band, man. Holy I saw shit. I saw Resh say, this is a brand new song we wrote. This one's called Antihistamine. And I'm and I knew why, because Resh had the worst allergies in the world. That's what he wrote the song about. Yeah, yeah. He had awful it's allergies. All about, it's <laughs> all about him taking Benadryl to try to yeah. fucking feel better. That's all that song was about. Yeah, and it yeah, and it was such a like heavy song, yeah. you know. Um I it, saw it, I saw Spoke um powerful and just driving I, as I saw fuck. I saw Spoke open. For jawbox and helmet at the hardback, uh, you couldn't fit another another soul in the place. This was about a month before uh, Unsung by Helmet got on MTV. No shit. They were as big as they could get before they got to the next level. Oh, they were wow. they were humongous. That was a good one because I actually yeah. saw that would have been in uh, 90, 92? That's 92. funny because I met I met Chuck Reagan and George Rebello at Helmet Faith No More in Tampa. Oh wow! That same time period, yeah. right when that album came out, yeah, yeah, is where I met those guys in the pit because yeah. I was working with a friend of mine at this, this restaurant awesome. in Sarasota, that's awesome. and that's where I met Kevin Scott, George Rebello, and Chuck Reagan. That's so in crazy. In the pit at fucking Helmet and Faith No More. That's which crazy. Is a good blowback there. But yeah, man, spoke that that'd be my that'd yeah. be my uh, my my top that's band a, just that's for a just good one. yeah just because not only were they great but just for nostalgic reasons but. Obviously, there's a nod to a lot of other bands that, that came out of here. Um, you know, of course, against me, Hot Water Music. Yeah. Um, you know, Ooh. so Ooh. what bands? What? But um, you know, so the, the, there's a great, great history here, and you know, all all the people that, that musicians I ever met here, um, you know, they've always. Uh, you know, when we were younger, there might have been some some you know uh, sibling jealousy rivalries or this and that when we were you know uh, early on. Yeah. But, but over the years, all that faded. Everyone has a great, a deep appreciation for other musicians here, and a lot of respect. Are you kidding me? It's, a lot it's of respect. Crazy. And you know what still blows me away is that there's still musicians 20 years later that are still putting out music that was just as good as an energetic as they did when you were. Yeah. You guys, Hot Water, Wallard with him and the Ship Thieves, uh-huh. all this stuff that everybody's doing. You guys are still doing it, man. Like I mean, and it's to me. I, I bow down to you and and your uh, effort. Your uh, thank you. That's cool. Your your effort and your sacrifice, because I know, being such close friends with Hot Water Music, I know what they've had to sacrifice uh-huh. over the years. Yeah. And I know when you don't, when you're not in that echelon to where you're making a crap ton of money, but enough to survive and live. You you're sacrificing a lot for that. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people out there realize that bands like you and Hot Water Music, you guys have had to sacrifice. And it's not about the money, you know. Uh, you've had it, yeah. You yeah, just had to, to. You just have to sacrifice life stuff. Yeah. To for the love of the art and the music and you know, all the gazillionaires out there, they they still go through divorces. They're yep. still they're still two hundred ten months out of the year, and yeah. they can't keep their personal lives together. And it's they have all the money to to supposedly make it easier. It's not, you know, yep. when when you're absent from things, and again. You know, hey, leave your complaints at the door. This is what we signed up for. But yeah. we've all met, missed weddings, funerals. We've we've missed uh, uh, graduations. We've missed, uh, you know, things in life that you can't get back. But again, this is this is all I ever dreamed about. You know, since I was young, I wanted to play music, and I've got to do that. And and, and it's, it's, you know, I don't say this again, uh, sounding I don't know, all lovey-dovey hippie shit. But it's not even so much about the music or my career anymore. It's it's about the people and the places and the. And the and uh, the, the people along the way, I, I've met yeah. every 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 place we go to. I have friends. Yep, Pe- the people yeah. that genuinely care about me, and you they know? will remember you forever. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and that that that's really nice. You know, to be able to pull into Cleveland, Ohio, and know that your phone's going to ring, yeah. and know that you know John and his wife are going to be there that yeah. night. They want to they want to hang out. They yeah. want to say hello. You want to have dinner? You guys need a place to stay. You know, and that's that's that that's that's touching on the human emotion. That's what music does. That's that's what that's why I still do it. And that's That you know that breaks up a lot of bands. Yeah, you know? no, you guys definitely, like I said, have, have done done the time and, and, do, and done what you needed to do. And uh, um, I'm gonna clo- I'm gonna start closing it up. 
this isn't going to be the only time I'm going to interview you. My we can do it again. My podcast is going on forever, so. Well, you know, I saw, again, on the, I, I, I plugged Facebook three times. I, instead of Pez, they should get me money, goddammit. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'd seen you doing this podcast thing. I was like, well, I hadn't talked to you in a while, and yeah. and, and, I, and I'll, I'll give it back to you. I, I always liked you. I always thought you were Thank a, you very a, a, a very, that. very cool person. And <laughs> um, uh, you, you did it for the right reasons, and I met you through Hot Water Music. And um, I, I, Music is my savior. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out and see if I can be on his podcast. That, so. And I really appreciate that because, I mean, you were going to be someone that I was going to ask. That's awesome. The chance because, like, you guys, like I said, we, early years, you know, like, we, we saw the beginning of this this transformation of sure. a lot of different bands. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to see it. And uh, that's what I'm trying to share with people, with people who, who don't live here in Gainesville and people who don't know what the Gainesville scene's about is that... What I've always been trying to get across is that, you know, it's it's one big family. It really is. I mean, we can spend years apart, but as soon as we see each other, it's like there wasn't a moment missed whatsoever. Yeah, it's like today with Alan Bushnell. I hadn't seen Alan in, in yeah. so long. We gave each other a Chris, you know, yeah. like, boom, picked up right right back where we were at. Like, you today, you know, it's, you know, it's yeah. like it's like I just saw you, but I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. It's really... and, and I heard you had some, some things that you else, you, besides music, are working on. Uh, you've got another. You're doing some real estate work. Now. Yeah, I'm doing uh, doing real estate. I got my license last year. My my dad's been doing it forever, and uh, I'm doing real estate down in Port Charlotte, Florida. I, uh, you can throw anything in there that you want. To yeah, I, I work uh, I work for Coldwell Banker. If you look me up, if your grandparents want to buy a house in Port Charlotte, Florida, I'd be glad to help you, you out. Leave an email with that. Um, yeah, you can, uh, Chris Demakes at D E M A K E S. Chris Demakes at Gmail. You can uh, send me an email. Uh, Hate mail, whatever. <laughs> Hate mail, love mail, whatever. I've had, I've had it all. Yeah. Hit me on Tinder. What? Naked, naked pictures. Naked you know, pictures. Anything you want. Twitter. Titter. I just dope myself a whole can of worms, man. I'm going to open <laughs> I know, right, Seriously. Again, Chris, I really appreciate you. Um, again, I thank you for... Uh, um, I thank you for getting together with me and giving me a call and uh, spending this time with me. And like I said, we'll do this again. Uh, I got to learn some some cool stuff from you tonight you too man the whole sarasota thing we we, we knew a lot of the same people that's yeah. really, really cool yeah yeah really it's cool. you know uh one of the biggest reasons why i moved out of sarasota because i wanted to stop being a poser <laughs> and you know what i learned at 44 years old i'm still a fucking poser there you go yeah you know? <laughs> no matter how hard i try baby but uh again thank you very much thank uh, you thank you everybody for listening to a powwow with pops um this will be up Monday. Hopefully, I'll have Alan Bushnell up after that. We're going to talk about some hardbacks. What's stuff. up, Alan? And uh, hopefully, other things will be blowing up after that. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. Check out apowerpops.com. Check it out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Hooper, Plopper, Topper, Chopper. <laughs>